Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What follows is a teaser for Season 1 of Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama from the mind of Ray Stacanus. Reclaim Detroit will debut in July 2022 wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter. And now... There's some weirdo Satanist out there or something that you might have heard of? I mean, there are, but this doesn't sound like one of them. This is Detroit, 1996. For a long time, the savage Sabbath vampires held claim to this area. That is, until four years ago when McMasters and his Camarilla group infiltrated the city and kicked their asses out. I still can't believe your clan lets you call yourself Tory. There are no rules for us anymore. We are who we want to be. Right now, I want to be Tory. It's a little audacious, though, isn't it? Hey, audacious is my middle name. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, is it? Why am I in the back alley of this gin joint? It turns out that the best way to gain knowledge is to invite the city to your secret club and film them the entire time that they're there. Who knew? (laughs) I work for you Camarilla folks, too. But you also work for them. It's an underground gothic club for kindred. The lady would prefer tiki torches and Christmas lights? Some loudmouth drunks thought it would be fun to break in my domain and cause trouble tonight. They were wrong. Ancient fortress of mystery, its power sought by the dark forces of Snake Mantle, sanctuary of sin and sorrow, 
ruled by the demon Skeletor and his evil acolytes. And the only thing that stands in their way is Prince Adam, who defends the secrets of Castle Grayskull as He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Hey, everybody, Holy and welcome shit. back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, talking over Robert Clark Chan, because <laughs> he does not want to start the show. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I am Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. Chan yeah. was very okay, tentative. On. No, for yeah. reals, though. Someone on uh, the set of Law & Order got shot and oh, killed. Oh, yeah. That's old what? news. That's from like six hours ago, Chan. You got to <laughs> you gotta keep up in this fast-paced Wait, news which, world. Which Law & Order, and is it one of the people I like? No, no. It's a, it's a crew person. Wow. Wow. Thank God it wasn't anyone real, Gina. Or real people. (laughs) No, you said, is it one of the ones that I like? Meaning, is it an actor that I like? And I would just say say that it's not an actor. Say that. Because I love Grips. And (laughs) I would say that, like, is is one of the people that I love. If one of the Grips got shot and killed, I'd be like, God damn it. If one of the best boys went down, I'd be pissed. You guys can't name a single Grip on that show. Todd Holobeck. Probably a safe bet. I mean, we all know uh, Josh Samuel was a great grip on Law and Order SVU season five. I have his grip card. It's like a baseball card, uh-huh. but for grips. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I- Thank you. Uh, can I talk about the fact that so today we're doing Masters of the Universe Revelation, the Allegedly. finale. Not convinced that's actually gonna happen at this the point finale, based on the last half hour. But like in in um you know, like in different, when I'm Googling episodes, it'll be like, oh, okay, He-Man, it's like episode, Master of the Revolu- Re- uh, Revelation, you know, part two this, because they're doing parts instead right. of seasons, it's because upsetting. that's how they pay animation ra- writers less money. Correct. Uh, peek behind the gross curtain there. But, but this- to be fair, these are all animation writers that are white dudes. We think they should make less money. So actually, oh, uh, yeah. I might be okay with it. I will, I will get to that momentarily. Okay. But this, it's, it, it bothers me that they're saying Master of the Universe Revelation Episode 5, because that's what it says. But really, it's, you know, whatever it is, like Episode 15, because they're, they're treating it as, if you're going to say part, if you're going to say part two, you're treating it as one season. Once you get into episode five or episode one, that's a second season and you should be paying animation writers more. Wait, you think two, you think a season should be five episodes long? No, I'm saying, I'm saying they, on Netflix, it says Masters of the Universe Revelation episode five. And then like when you get down to it, they're saying part two which means it's still season one. Yeah. Correct. But like we've already had an episode, like like we haven't only watched five episodes of this show. No. I'm cutting them slack because I feel like 10 uh, episodes is still a reasonable season one. Okay. Yeah, this is episode 10 of season one as far as I'm concerned. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They should be considering it episode 10, but on Netflix it says episode five because... They are treating it like two seasons, but they're not paying like it's two seasons. So title-wise, they're treating it like it's two seasons, but pay-wise, they're treating it like it's one season. And I think that's shady. 
I feel like it's two seasons because they couldn't get their shit together and actually get the thing done. Probably. Uh, that's what I mean. That's what Stranger Things was like the last two episodes. Uh, I mean, it just was like a lot harder. So they had to take more time with the effects. And you like, know, okay, well, we got to break it up. Cause at any time of my life that wasn't right now, I'd really bang on someone for that. <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. I will say like, like COVID messed everything up. Also, uh, everything is taking twice as long. Uh, but still it's a, it's a very common thing that they do in animation where they'll be like, yeah, you wrote for one season, but then we're going to like kind of basically call it season two, but not pay you more or give you a title bump. And yeah. I think it's shady. Yeah. I feel I, look, besides all of that, we're, we're burying the lead here. A video game named stray just came out that I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Oh game. yeah. I, look, this I is was a game aware where you of play the as a stray orange cat, uh, having an adventure. Look, six hours ago, I was aware of the Law and Order death. Eight hours away ago, I was aware of Stray. I don't know what you guys do if it's not refreshing news things. Uh, That's all I do all day. But I've known about Stray for months now, as after it debuted. Uh, yeah, on but people one of on Twitter the, uh, were E3 very. Things. It started trending immediately because it just came out. Like that's why yeah. it would start trending, and everybody. It's look. It's a game where look. If you don't know about this at home, you play as an orange cat with like a backpack, uh, doing puzzle adventures around this darkened cyberpunk city. If you're look, you should have already bought it. I shouldn't have even gotten to finish the end of that <laughs> sentence. You should have purchased it already. Also, I just found out if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Uh, PlayStation sent me an email literally this afternoon to say, hey, it's free with us. Just come over and play your darn PlayStation, you Xbox fanatic. And I'll mm-hmm. say, okay, I'll play your game, literally. Hmm. Anyway, I wanted to put that on the record for this show because I have a strange feeling we're going to talk about everything but Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2 Episode 5 comes with everything you see here. Maybe one of the most unique, original, fun titles we've ever seen. Am I right? I mean, here's the thing. Like, as I was watching, I was like, okay, this is like, there's nothing to talk about here because it is, everything is paying off exactly as it should. It's, it's all in the format that you would expect. If you had any sort of emotional attachment to the, to the story, then you'd be like, yes. All right. They finally did this. Oh, good. This all happened. Like everything was, uh, uh, everything was where it belonged, but just, I did not care. So it was like, okay, well. I don't have anything mean to say because this is all uh, correct. Yeah, I will Until say the last if this show seconds. was if this show was good and it, and this episode was titled "Comes with Everything You See Here," I would have been delighted. I would have been like, "Oh man, just like '80s toys that they always say in '80s commercials." But since it is bad, it made me angry because it's once no, again one of those tongue-in-cheek things. It's like the moment when Alicia Silverstone's character says, as if in another show, I would be like, hell yeah, clueless reference. In this show, yeah. I'm like, fuck you. It's try, like and do, when- try and make one thing good and then you can, then you can do tongue in cheek stuff. Like if you have a good show and then you have like a little like cutesy pootsy Easter egg or a cutesy pootsy title of an episode, then it's like, oh yeah, this show is great. And they just did this cool thing. But since this show, that's pretty much all it is, I was angry. Look, it's just like when Evil Lynn said, you may be clawful, but I'm awful. <laughs> In any other show, I don't think they could have handled a wit like that <laughs> as appropriately as this one. And it made me like the show more. I think I'm saying the same thing. Uh, I'm going to immediately launch into my my main complaint here because I was I was chatting the guys 
Uh, I went I went to see Nope today, so I had to watch this episode early. And so I was chatting the guys, knowing they hadn't watched it yet. And I sent a screen grab because uh, uh, TV shows have two different sets of credits. There's front of show credits and there's end of show credits. And, f- and if you're in the front of show, that means you're a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, as someone who only recently got bumped to the front of the show from the back, look even the at writers you. Are, are separated. So if you're a lower level writer, you go in the back. If you're if you are a mid or upper level, because at that point, your duties also in, involve producing, you're at the front of show. So you so the people at the front of show have the most power on any show. And that'll usually include creator, which this the first credit is created by Kevin Smith. Next credit is executive producers. They're the they're the big wigs. Uh, uh, this had five names. All of them were guys. Then it says directed by, uh, and and uh, it was two guys. And then it said episode written by, and then it was a guy. Uh, so one hundred percent of the front of show credits for this episode were dudes. And I'm going to have a real major problem with that when we get to the end and and one of the characters says something about it's not about us, uh, implying it's about the women. <laughs> but in actuality, if it was about the women, there would be even one woman involved. And before you tweet at me and say, this woman is a staff writer, this woman is a, as I said, everyone with the power, the power uh, is we at the We have the power. We have the power. It's a story about friendship. So and Ken, we no, I'm sorry. I just blacked out. I look, blacked out. So this episode of He look, this episode of He-Man is gonna pay us off. And this is what I thought was fun about it, where it just comes with everything you see here. Essentially, this is just empty the toy box and everybody gonna <laughs> fight. And that's what this episode is. They left nothing on the table. Uh, nearly everybody shows up unless they've been killed already. Um uh, Merman's like the only person who didn't show up, basically. And we uh, uh, we saw Merman in an earlier episode. No, no, we seen him earlier, but that's what I'm saying. Like of everybody we've already seen, many of them come back here uh, to fight again, shaking out the toy box to have our, our, our living room, uh, uh, Royal rumble. And this entire episode is 30 minutes of basically one battle. It's just one battle. There's very little else that happens besides the fighting and then the talking while we fight. And then we pause to talk oh. and then we fight. And then no, we cut. I disagree. They managed to take a break from the fighting to fit in casual sexism. No, wait a minute. When, where was that? Oh, we'll get to it because I oh, marked okay. it. Okay. <laughs> well, like, as it is, like, I'm not going to go blow for blow. Uh, in this in this battle or in a nightclub circa 1985 i'm just not gonna do it so we'll just start up here tila opens the episode with in a vision pool and she sees the sorceress's vision of the the eagle uh, thing getting bit by the snake and coming crashing down and then she turns and goes i'm ready and then isn't going to show up for another like 10 minutes (laughs) which i thought was interesting yeah um at the end of the last episode, uh, all the uh, the people in the uh, the under realm, you know, the the dead people, uh, whatever the heck they called it. I honestly I didn't write it down, but you know, the people in the 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 bad guy under realm uh, all show up to fight all of our heroes and all of the random man at arm looking minions. That was kind of cool. We cut over to Randor, who's got a sword and a gun, and he is cleaning house, and he is he is shouting really sloppy uh, Schwarzenegger type things about like being their ruler. And, you know, uh, I own you or I forget exactly what he said, 
but essentially he's kicking butt and taking names and having a really good time. He's having a blast doing this until he gets hit up by Scareglow, the leader of the underworld. And I thought that was Skeletor at first because fuck, they look exactly the same. Ugh, kind of fan are you if you can't tell Skeletor from Scareglow apart? Well, I just wrote this- Skelly Man because it was clearly not Skeletor, but it wasn't that not different than Skeletor. Okay, by the way, I'm going to pitch a show starring Skeletor, Scareglow, and, and Ray. Uh, and the answer is who's whiter? <laughs> so, so it's so uh, Ray is a pretty girl at a new school, and uh, like uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the bad boy Scareglow starts hitting on Ray. Love it. Uh, uh, but what Ray doesn't know is that Scareglow has a twin brother, and uh, Scareglow. Scareglow is is stepping out on Ray. Oh. So Whoa. and Scareglow accidentally books two dates on the same night and he gets his brother who's a little bit shyer and a little bit nicer, Skeletor, to uh to take Ray to the big concert. And the whole night Ray thinks, "Wow, I'm finally like Scareglow finally loves me. Scareglow is acting really sweet, really different." Uh, and anyway, Scareglow wants to keep this ruse up. So he, he does it several more times where he has Skeletor take, take out Ray to, you know, the not fun events that boyfriends don't really want to do. But Skeletor is happy because Skeletor has also been falling in love with Ray. And wow. then in the end, they, they come clean. Ray is initially really humiliated in front of the whole school and, and is just so mad. Wow, but in the like- end... Cool. Uh, Skeletor, you know, Ray says to Scareglow, did you ever really love me? And, and, uh, Ray, Ray says to Scareglow, did you ever really love me? And Scareglow go, goes, it's all part of the game, baby. And then, uh, uh, you know, a couple days go by. It turns out Skeletor is really sad because he was also in love with Ray. And, uh, they fall in love at the end. And then someone makes the worst pun in the world. And you're like, yeah, this is written by the same writers who did Masters of the Universe. Is this a feature? Yeah. How yeah. long is this? this a, you just a, described yeah. four seasons yeah. of Okay. It's called, so, it's called Can't Buy Me Skeletor. Can't Buy Me Skeletor. Okay. So does, does somebody own the rights to Can't Buy Me Love and they're looking for a reboot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've been working on it a long time. Uh-huh. Are you telling me it's not good? Because uh, then someone just wasted the last two months of her life. Wow. And the last three minutes of our time. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? That's going to be people's favorite part of this podcast. Right. There is nothing to talk about in this episode. <laughs> this is what I tried to say, and Gina told me I was wrong. But it yeah, turned out wrong. she just wanted to pitch Can't Buy Me Love with Skeletor. <laughs> Can't buy me Skeletor. You want to get sued? Completely oh, different. Oh shit! Completely oh shit! Different. Okay, it's here's the thing. Hard day this Skeletor. show finally gets gets the moment right that they've been trying to do with Man at Arms. I'm segueing. They've been trying to do this with Man at Arms every episode for the past twenty nine thousand episodes or however long we've been you know, watching. How many this episodes show. do you think this series has I gone on for? Because I, you have many answers to this. This this show is my personal waiting for Godot or my <laughs> personal no exit. 
this is this is me assuming we're eventually gonna get somewhere and we're gonna get to the end of it. Yeah. And then Godot never shows up and it turns out we're in some sort of hell dimension. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh no, they've been trying to do they've been trying to do this holy shit, he's alive moment for the entire series. And they actually finally get it right, not with Man at Arms. But, uh, with or- but with Orko. I'm very disappointed that that is your takeaway from this. No, I love right. it. Here's what I will say. It didn't have the same effect because they've done it 9 million times. But if, like, we saw Orko die and go out a hero, and then he was never mentioned again. And now nope. he shows up, and he and he shows up in, like, a cool way where it's like, yes, oh, did. what's that What's that little, like, he has, like, his his sort of, you know, like, priest's ribbon, whatever the hell they're called. And it's sort of like saving people and reaching out. You don't know what's going on. And you're like, what is this sentient? It reminds me of Dr. Strange's cloak. Dr. Strange's cape. Yeah. Uh, And you're just like, what's this sentient like cloak doing saving everyone? And then all of a sudden it's like Orko coming back like the like uh, fucking Gandalf. Now Gandalf the white. He's not Orko the white. You know, I was like, hey, they did it. Okay, no, this is will, a great moment. Great. I moment. will accept that uh, this is kind of what I was talking about. Where, like, if I were emotionally invested, they they did it correctly, mechanically. Yeah. It, it, it functioned properly. It was at the right time, and and it, it hit the right rhythm and everything like that. Um, I just, I just. Man at arms is feeling many emotions. Nope. Oh God, <laughs> I I blacked that out. I don't. Nope. Even I didn't hear that, that either. I didn't hear that either. Oh wow! I did not. I I I God. did. Brain did skipped I, over I think that maybe entirely. I I, I uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless minded <laughs> myself after that. I went through a well, very invasive brain procedure for two seconds of airtime. Like this is the this is the big emotional burst that we're supposed to get. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <sighs> Look, so Evil Lynn is now fighting Adam and Skeletor, and once again, Dem Abs. So I'm going to say, yeah. Dem Abs into Also, it. I would like to point out here that she's a badass, and her hair looks dope. She's got short, spiky hair. This Great will hair. become important later for yep. one of my many points. Yep. Uh, so the ribbon banner save happens, which is kind of wild. It ends up saving. It's a really weird moment. Uh, I didn't. Re- I had a hard time following this. This is going to sound weird to you guys, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, Orko ends up doing a ribbon save, one to uh, uh, King Randor and a second one to Prince Adam as Evelyn is about to murder Adam. And it reveals it's Orko. And they're like, Orko, wait a minute. One, how are you here? How are you in two places fighting simultaneously? Did not understand that aspect of it at all. But also, what? why are you here? And they and Orko says, well, when they raised the dead from Subterranea, that was the name of it, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I came back as part of that package deal, and I'm here to fight for you guys. And I was like, you know what? Fuck. Yeah, Orko's fighting Evil Lynn. And 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 winning. I don't understand this at all. There is no way Evil Lynn with the power of the universe would get dunked on by goddamn uh, returned Orko. That was just yeah. weird to me. I, here's the thing. I will say I I am I am Team Chan on this. All the for the first time in this show, all the mechanics are correct, but but they've just burned us to like too many times. And since we don't care about anyone. But in a in a let's say normal show, 
Orko and and Lynn formed a bond right before Orko died. Like that they was the, that was the first time in this show that we saw her humanity. And Orko was all about like asking her questions about herself and saying like how did how did how did you get this way and and showed he really cared. And she was genuinely broken up when he died. So yes. it's cool that he's the one who comes back to stop her. It's also cool that that he says, like, when you raised the dead, you raised all the dead, bitch, and I'm one of the dead. I was like, yeah, cool. I love a, I love one of those cool loopholes. It was very uh, cool. Little, little Doctor Strange, too, in there. Yeah, like, this is some, I will say, this is some solid, this is some Good solid writing. writing. Yeah. Jen is right that because I don't, I don't really care about the show or anyone, but, like, if I was invested, I would have been like, cool, they did it. They brought Orko back. I'm happy to see him. The fact that he's coming back specifically to fight evil in after he was after. And like, he was sort of the last bit of humanity we saw from her. Cool. It's a cool, it's cool. It's good writing. I'm not even, there's nothing to be snarky about it. We got there, everybody. It took 10 episodes. We got Gina to say <laughs> the writing was good and the episode. Yeah. And it, end it right now. I mean, to be fair, I also said, I don't care about any of these characters. So who I'll cares? take what I get. <laughs> On this show. Uh, but um, I will say here, here we get, we get a moment. Like, like Tila is, Tila is in this sort of like sparkly nether realm. And she's fine. She's like accepting that she has to, she has to sort of take the power. While this like fight is happening. And like when we see Orko come back and it's like, oh shit, Orko's going to save the day. I wrote down like, wait, so what is Tila doing? Like, that's just the whole point. She it's, says, I'm ready, and then just doesn't come. Yeah, like, it's, it's a weird, it's sort of a weird moment where, where, you know, usually you have this sort of everything is lost moment before Gandalf returns. And then you're like, oh my god, we were all gonna die, but Gandalf's here, and now he's Gandalf the White. And instead, they're like, all right, Teal is going to save everyone. Oh, and then it's like, yeah, and you're like, she's like in the elevator waiting and Orko's like, all right, I mean, I'll say since she's not coming, I'll save everyone. And I'm just like, OK, so wait, what's that bitch doing? Like, what yeah, are we wait, waiting for her here? Two, two things I want to say here. One, Gina, wonderful rendition of the girl from Ipanema. That was delightful. And uh, two, when the Orko save happened, I thought it was going to be Tila. Like, that was the whole thing is yeah. I'm like, oh, here she comes. We we were prepped for this. Fuck is Orko doing here? I yeah. mean, here, like Orko is is uh, buying her time. She's like, it's not you got to get up those stairs. There's a lot of fucking stairs in Castle Grayskull. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. She's just in the basement, Chan. I mean, she's not that far away and she's got the powers of the sorceress. But this I mean, is what truly like talking about. This is truly like seeing a montage of the hero training, and then like you know, like bursting onto the scene. But like everyone's everyone's like already having their after battle spaghetti dinner, like and they're like, oh, we saved you a seat, and then they're like, wait, hold up, I've been training for six months for this. We had a whole montage. I was in the snow, like lifting logs, and they're like. Oh, you missed it though. Like we, but we're good. We saved it. Like I, I genuinely was confused at this point about what the fuck she was doing. If she's not saving everyone, I don't know like what she's really doing. I mean, I, this episode is a full 10 minutes longer 
than uh, episode four. Like it's so I figured like it's gonna yeah. they're gonna stretch things out. I'm, I'm not you know they got a yeah. lot to say. Got a but lot to say. Thing. There is there is like a narrative structure that you have to follow, which is you need that all is lost moment, and we don't get that because we do we, not get that. We get them being saved by Orko. So when they're saved by Orko and then Teela comes in and sort of like does this other thing, it definitely like if Orko had come in and he was like, yeah, I'm going to save you. And then like he was killed and uh, like again and, and people were and like they were clearly losing. But by the time Teela actually does anything, it is clear that they're doing fine in this battle. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm actually going to push back on that because I think the all is lost moment came at the end of episode four when Evil Lynn presented herself as destroy destroying of the universe and with an undead army of subterraneans. Isn't that the we have no chance all is lost moment? No, because you can't you can't have an entire episode that's that's just like not like within each episode. There's got to be like a okay. you know the that's end fair. of the second the end of the second like act is when everything that's gone wrong that could go wrong does uh Why not just have some episodes where everything just lays out perfectly for our protagonist and it's just them enjoying <laughs> a nice okay. day now hold on hold on because i do have a point here that i was going to bring up later because it's when he-man is just sort of going off he's like everybody get behind me i'm gonna fuck shit up <laughs> and he goes and he starts uh, a uh great moment. murdering people and uh, granted, they're all ghosts, evil zombies, whatever. But he, the key distinction here is he's smiling as he's doing it. And that I was, was like, great time. something is wrong here. What is it? I was trying to dig into oh, it interesting. Uh, because like, yeah, he's having fun destroying things. And I thought back to the original show and like, um, well, that can't possibly be the case. Could it? Is, is that the sort of thing he would do? Because the idea should be that like a hero uh does things because they have to yeah uh, the reason why we enjoy heels and professional wrestling is because they're being terrible and they're enjoying it and you get to you get to uh partake i'm not uh, uh, vicarious yeah, i'm not i'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> yeah uh uh like they're doing bad things you're like yeah no, dude, that's kind of like uh is he's doing terrible but i i like it it's he's super cool because he's doing that um and the hero should be, it'll be like, well, I have this sword and I don't want to use it, but I have to, to yeah. protect, you know, what all. Uh, so you don't really want them happy about doing this sort of thing, even when it is, you know, just like uh, formless shadow monsters. Um, and the, th uh, so like the, the difference here and part of the reason I don't like it is because uh, um, there, there is an enjoyment in the carnage uh, which is with the opposite Jesus, of Jan. how it happens uh, in the old no. show. Because in the old show, no. basically, He-Man is the most yeah. powerful man in the universe, and there's kind of no stakes because he is always able to stop the things and with a minimum of effort. Like, yes. He, he's often and look, Chan, Chan, look what He-Man has been through in the course of these 10 episodes. He's been flat out murdered in episode one. He goes to the afterlife, is convinced to come back to earth with no powers and then he gets his ass kicked a bunch of times he becomes a barbarian he-man doesn't have any control over the form and almost murders his father comes back and finally finally in that moment is he at the height of his powers normal he-man again after being through that entire ordeal and getting to fight shapeless sludge monsters 
You bet your ass he's finally having a good time nope. on no. this show. The entire point of him uh, and the part that I do like, uh, one of the few nuggets of truth that I think they dug out of this is that uh, um, the reason why He-Man is a good He-Man, Adam is, is because he gives the power back. And yes, him smiling yeah. as he's destroying things is the exact opposite of that ethos. So yeah, wait, he's, here's the thing. I 100% agree with Jan. And and it would have been I think it would have been fixed if he if he gets the the sword and realizes there's nothing else he can do. He needs to take the power back to stop Mm -hmm. her. And he does so begrudgingly. And I will also say this whole scene is is I mean, one of the first. Well, I'm sure there's a billion other ones, but Mm -hmm. one one of the examples of sexism here. Because my my issue with the whole abuse storyline of of oh Skeletor's not just evil he's also a woman abuser is the fact that once you introduce that you can't you cannot redeem that character like you you can maybe do it on like some you know eight season show where it's like okay well you did this stuff and then you did all this work but the moment that Adam or He-Man like gets the sword and he shares that power with Skeletor and Skeletor turns to him and he says, why? And he, and He-Man says, because I want you to know what it's like to be the hero or whatever the fuck he says is okay, cool. So what you men, because I am a hundred percent positive, this is all written by dudes. What you have essentially written is a female character who has for years been abused by this by Skeletor. She gets some power, acts like him for a couple of days, and then the most powerful dude who's supposed to be pure of heart and all that shit says to her abuser, you're a hero now. And I had a real huge fucking problem with that whole thing. Because here's the thing. The the way to have done this, if you're going to if you're going to introduce a terrible fucking storyline like Evelyn has been abused by Skeletor, then He-Man has to work with him just long enough to be successful because he has to, but he really needs to be gritting his teeth through that whole fucking thing. He needs to know this is an is this is an evil person, and as soon as he can, he needs to then lock him up. But uh, okay. clearly, He Man is is thinking. I'm putting him on the path right now to redemption. I'm making him a hero, and that is some fucking bullshit. I, what you are saying is a thousand percent correct. I will say I felt that the uh, Skeletor abusing Evelyn was an unnecessary to what you said tacked on storyline that we didn't need in this show. And this is not the kind of show that's going to write the kind of depth of someone gritting their teeth and having to do that. Now, I. I I don't think I don't think they show Skeletor. I think they show Skeletor as necessary to achieve our common end. And I don't think they're calling him a hero by any Ray, stretch of the do imagination. Not, Chan, do you have the do you have the sound clip of when he turns to He-Man and he says why? Because I want you to know what saving the universe feels like. Yeah. You're irredeemable, you're terrible, and I'm going to give you a chance at some redemption. Yeah. That's, that's not calling that's, him a hero. I'm saying that is bullshit. You don't give no, an abuser a chance at redemption. By the way, while he's saying, let's go fucking kill the woman you've been abusing. 
That's the part that's that I think I had redemption. the biggest. Yes, it's all that's the part a I had the biggest mess. trouble with. It's it's all a mess, and I I truly like I know we joke around about like oh they're making us watch this show, but I'm actually like disgusted with it in this moment because the fact that it's like okay cool so we've we've portrayed this female character as she's really damaged. And she's doing all of this to get back at her abuser, which she said, again, it was a stupid fucking thing to write in. But now that it's out there, you got to use it. She she said it. And in this moment, this is like, cool. Like I'm sharing this ultimate power with you so that we can both take that skanky bitch down (laughs) who should have known her place. It is, it is gross. And I, I do not like this. And, and especially after seeing all of those dude names, like it almost makes me wish this show was a little bit more popular because I want people to actively be writing think pieces about what bullshit this is. Because I don't have the energy to do it, but yeah, someone the- should absolutely be watching this and being like, hey, this is super fucked up. Netflix, what the fuck is wrong with you? Could, like, could don't I you have ca- any execs who said this is really fucked up? Like, what? You know, the could hell I counterpoint that briefly, though? Because uh, uh, a lot of the dude bros out there didn't watch this because it was quote unquote too woke. So maybe that's a blessing. It's not as popular because then this is a thing they could rally around if they had actually watched it. I mean, the true the true terror here is that all of these people have jobs and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most upsetting part Netflix if I knew anyone who worked at Netflix I would be pounding on their door repeatedly to get Gina a gig on one of these shows right Robert Clark Chan yeah exactly uh I didn't want to I didn't want to have to be uh the one to break it to you but uh, I am a gatekeeper at Netflix and, I knew uh, it I have been intentionally keeping you down uh, not for any particular reason, just because you're a woman, I think is really, uh, I mean, that seems on brand to be honest. G.I. <laughs> yeah, Joe will return after these messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Spike. Now, 
Gore is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Now back to G.I. Joe. So and we cut over to Man-at-Arms finally reaching battle. He has a cool little battle moment. He gives his weapon to that lady whose name I will only remember at the end when they say it out loud again. Yeah, also, yeah. why? Why does he give her his weapon? I, this uh, he just, wants the stick. This makes no fucking sense. Nope. It does Weird. not. It does not. because she. You want her to have the moment. That's she why. She jumps I mean, in and it. starts whipping huge ass like, yeah. why don't you just. Just do it yourself, yeah. man. In arms, like, what the fuck is happening? This makes it makes no sense, and it and it feel this whole character to me feels like like I remember like I re, I went to see Jurassic Park, the newest oh, Jurassic no. Park recently, and afterwards, oh no, I was talking about it with someone, and we were sort of analyzing it, and there's this character that they fit in there who's a black lesbian and she's in like one minute of the movie, but she's supposed to be this, like this, like big character. And the person said, you know, what happened is like when the original movies came out, like it was all white people because that's what they fucking did back then. And then when this reboot, they were like, shit, we painted, really painted ourselves into a corner with this for the, with this franchise since it's been really white, let's put in this character. But like, we don't really want to write much for her. So, so just like oh, put no. her in, and that's what this whole this character has felt like to me this entire time. And I hate the woke dude bros saying like, "Oh, why do we have this character?" But why do we have this character? If you're going to put this character in, which I would argue, in a world in a TV show where like half the characters have no fucking race because they're a skeleton or this or that, just have them voiced by famous black talent instead of saying like. And there's a human, I guess, and she's black. Uh, and she's probably a lesbian. Great. What's her backstory? We don't really care. No, no, no. Here is the reason why the character is there is for queer baiting. Because you set up a possible lesbian relationship. Yes, well, hell, you might even set up two. Uh, possibly her and Tila. I, I feel like in an earlier episode, I was like, you know what would be interesting is if uh, at the end, those two end up together. Because uh, there's plenty of uh, room for all of these characters who are traveling together to to form emotional bonds uh, uh so they set up this character that was like you know she's a probably gay and then, uh and then like I, sorry uh, that character you know, should live forever that was amazing except, except have you seen the original it's super gay like yes, yes like, it is and especially like you know yeah like and 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 shira is pretty is like pretty gay so again this is an unnecessary character that they did not think through but that they were like oh no the original is like all white people and we don't want skeletor voiced by a b-l-a-c-k man because that'll really piss off the fans so let's put in this peripheral character and when man at arms is like here take my weapon i literally was like okay they're fucking setting her up to be the next man at arms this character that i hate that i know nothing about Ju like for no reason and also like man at arms is still fighting so t keep your fucking weapon dude like you don't need to give yeah. her she's a warrior herself allegedly i'm you sure know, she has weapons of her own i you hate know what politics. takes me out of the threat of the battle is when characters just start giving up their weapons to to lesser characters that's how I know I should not perceive yeah. anybody as a threat. At you know what point, I'm saying? At some point, I lose the thread of what's even going on. Like, I'm like, there's a no, that's true. There's a battle. But then, like, what the hell is Tila doing in her 
glitter dimension. Like at, at some point, I don't muffled. know if I just zoned out, but I literally wrote, I have no clue what the fuck is going on. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, cutting over now, we cut back to Tila, who's still goddamn in the basement. Now she's hanging out with her mom, the sorceress, and they hug and power up a second time. I don't. I guess if she was ready the first time, I don't know what happened. Maybe she changed her mind while we were I watching have somebody no idea. else. I don't know because she's still down there just fucking around. I mean, here's. Uh, I mean, you know, I, as, as someone who grew up on uh, the original heavy metal uh, animated feature. Uh, not Charnas problematic at all i'll start by like, saying like three quarters of the movie she's taking a bath <laughs> so, you know, hey you that's put a important storytelling <laughs> it's good it's good stuff you you put a hot hot magical girl in a bath like hey leave her in as long as you need yeah. to that's just my, that is my <laughs> favorite thing about original heavy metal is the the respect towards women that they showed <laughs> Look, here's the thing, because I'm actively, the more I talk about this show, the angrier I'm getting. And it might be, Uh-oh. I got my I got my second booster day, so it might just yeah, be we got booster, booster, booster induced rage. <laughs> but, like, long story short, the sorceress says, like, yeah, you've got to give up all your loved ones to take the power. And Teal is basically like, no, fuck you, that makes no sense. I think I've got to love them harder. I think the message is to love harder. And her mom's like, shrug. And then Tila's right, I guess. It turns out Tila's right. So the sorceress spent 800 unhappy yep. years with no loved yep. ones. Yep. That's, uh, that's my takeaway from the scene is what a fucking failure she yeah. is. That is yeah. the story that is being told. So she, because the, the sorceress has a very, in, in like, you know, the movie and in the TV show, the sorceress has a very long life. So my takeaway is cool. She spent 800 years not seeing her daughter, not with her, the love of her life with no loved ones because she misunderstood the fucking assignment. Go fuck yourself. Yep. So, and then, and then like the sorceress doesn't have an existential freak out. Cause if someone said to me like, Hey, you spent all this time with no loved ones, you didn't have to. And it probably, it's bad that you did. I would be like, Holy shit. I'm going to need a minute. But instead her mom's like, Oh, Okay, cool. Hug me and I'll turn to glitter. So she hugs her and she turns to glitter. And then all of the womanly powers flow into Tila, who up until this point in this episode has had a buzz cut on on half of her head and short hair on the other half. You know, a very cool sort of like 90s punk look. And it was Daria's best as, friend's haircut. Yes. And as soon as she accepts that womanly power... She is immediately given long, gorgeous shampoo commercial locks. And I just wrote, what the fuck? Are you saying that a queer coded hair choice is suddenly rendered heterosexual when she uh, becomes powerful? I believe I was uh, discussing this earlier already. Yeah, it's it's and it's not it's not not going to be the last time that they do it, by the way. Uh, uh, like when women just, ex- the, the message of this is when women just accept their fucking place, they'll have long, luxurious locks. When women fight against their very nature, they have short lesbian hair, Blah, they're little trolls. So she accepts the power. She accepts her role. And then she emerges with the longest hair and doesn't even have a beat where she's like, wait, what just happened to my hair? 
I'm sorry. Also, are her pubes long now? Did this just, is this like, is now this magical collagen? Are, are Like, is she going to have Howard Hughes nails all of a sudden? Like, why does, why you know, does this power give her non-lesbian hair? I, I, there is one moment of all of this I'd like to have a little bit of pushback on because that's my job here. You're the worst. Show. No, you're is, the worst. Look, if I just spent 800 years with no loved ones because I thought it was the right thing to do and somebody just walked up to me and said, can you actually justify that at all? And I couldn't. I too would want to just nope out of existence and turn to glitter because there's really <laughs> no, you're fucked up at that point and there's nothing more you can do than be like, and just go away. I will say problem. sorceress was appropriate in that moment. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, see, I got a point. I got a point, everybody. Either, I'm not going to get have many. a point I or I've one. exhausted my vaccine rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I have a strange feeling we got more of that yet to come. Now, uh, oh, this is our great moment when that late lady who took man at arm's weapon just tears everybody up. There is a crazy moment when she's just spinning and shooting death lasers in every direction. And somehow she only yes. kills the bad monsters. Yes. That upset me because it was like, what was it? Was it a, uh, uh, was it, uh, was it Top Secret? What was the movie where they, or was it Hot Shots where he just like shoots the M16 and then only the bad guys die? Because that's yeah, all yeah, I can yeah. think of. Make yeah. sure you know UHF. About. It happens in a lot. Oh, of- it was UHF. It was UHF doing the parody of Rambo, which is why I thought it was Hot Shots. Fuck, <laughs> in my, one of my favorite movies, UHF. You're totally right. Great moment. Good gag. Doesn't make sense here. Yeah, I had the same, I had the same, you can't aim that weapon. She's using it as a laser whip and circling around like you do when you behead yeah. a group of people. And <laughs> she's very blindly. close to friendlies. Oh, that's what's crazy about it is she cuts them all in half, cut to man-at-arms and the king just sort of putting their hands up slightly. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, alternately, uh, she, she's doing this and they have this powerful weapon that could have you know, slain entire legions of these uh, uh, evil shadow creatures. Why didn't they use it earlier? Mm. Why are they waiting until now? And you could have saved a lot of human fucking lives. And uh, this is the point where we go to correct. Uh, we cut to every minor battle and we're just going to get them done with. Is Essentially, this is the part of the show we're in. Because Orko fights uh, 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 Scareglow locks him in a bubble and uses him to smash enemies. I thought that was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle Cat has his big moment against Beast Man. Oh, and Cat's, by the or, way, Beast Man yes. was done dirty. Like, Beast I was just, done very dirty. It, when you just said that note, I was like, wait, what the fuck happened to Beast? He just goes off the cliff and then we never see him again? That's he weird. Gets, I, he got hit by, was he hit by the bubble of Scareglow or was it a piece of no. rock or something? No, no, got no Battle hitting, Cat. Yeah, he, Battle Cat did a, uh, Battle Cat got his huge, uh, saber tooth tiger claws into his belly as that sort of creatures want to do so they can rip out the innards of um, you know prey or what have you and executes a judo throw and oh, I he, thought he got hit by a rock at some point and then got distracted which allowed battle cat to do that no no nope, he, he full on, but like he he full-on murders him and it's very weird because they set they set Beastman up to be this like, but I'm a nice guy type of guy for I'm a nice guy. Like and and I don't know why that backstory was necessary if then you're just like it almost feels like like the show was made and then someone like came out and then someone was like, Oh fuck. Did we forget to wrap up his storyline? Yeah. Do you think anyone will notice? I don't know. 
Like I legitimately was like, like when you just said it, I was like, wait, was there a deleted scene that I that I missed or something? Because they spent a lot of time having him be the the guy stepping in to talk to Evelyn to then just turn him into like a, a brainless monster and not have him come back at all is very weird. Yes. Sorry, I'm, Netflix is really a, a pain in the ass to use, and I'm trying to find that part because I swear to God <laughs> that he got hit by something, and I want to see for myself because it's very possible I screwed that up. Uh, so talk amongst uh, yourselves okay, for you a sec while here, I try to navigate Netflix. Is, it's impossible. Here is, uh, like, I, I noped out at about two and a half seconds into this whole thing, so granted, it's not like I can nope out any further, but this line... That's- okay, that was great. Oh, that's what I saw. Randor just having yeah. fun. He's just out there just having a blast. I didn't even have the energy to write anything about that. I was <laughs> I was just I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if we're going to get mad at this show at this point for making weird puns and lines, uh, Orko, you know, he put a scare glow in the bubble and then smashed him. And then he says, I guess I should have led with that one. Yeah, and you know what? I you guys were right. I was totally wrong. I just watched the little clip. I fast forwarded to it, and he does just execute the standard judo move. I really thought Beastman got distracted. You always by do this where you think where you think we're wrong because I'm not always wrong. I sometimes you're, am right. I want to be vindicated like in those moments. Which, like, for a guy who bats two percent, you're usually way overly confident. Like, if I batted two percent. The second anyone gave me pushback, I would be like, yeah, you're right. I'm sure you're right. Gina, I'm a mediocre white man. Of course, that's what I do. Your return on investment on checking us is <laughs> real low, man. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Warren Buffett would tell you just to lay <laughs> off and invest in the stock market. You guys clearly don't Mutual understand phone. the joy that is felt that one time, two times, apparently, out of 100 <laughs> when I'm right. I'm that, just going to say right now, it's worth going it. going for the next 80 years, I guess. Yeah, here's the deal. If I get one right, I can get 49 more wrong before I start losing steam. And then I get that <laughs> one right again, and I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, um, okay. Here's the thing. I want I want Godot to show up and, and chop my head off so that I don't have to sit in this misery anymore. But I just need to talk about the moment where – so, like, after all these mini battles are happening – then, like, you know, Skeletor sort of sees the writing on the wall. So he goes back to fighting He-Man and He-Man's like, oh, no, this bad guy that, like, abused women that I wanted to make a hero is still a bad guy? That's so weird. Yeah. What are the odds he like, would turn on me? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I-, I didn't make him go to therapy or anything. It's like it's like those guys that are like, but he was always nice to me. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he raped another woman. OK, great. I'm surprised. Uh, he told me he changed. Uh, but, yeah, so Skeletor's like, well, I'm going to fight you now. Because Evelyn comes in and she's like, I'm just going to end end the world. You didn't do this fast enough, Orko. You like didn't get the sword fast enough. No one knows what the hell Teal is doing. So I'm just going to end the world, okay? And Skeletor's like, yeah, all right. I, in, the, in the two minutes we have left to live, I'm going to kill He-Man. You know what? Okay. I'm okay with that, though. I'm like, okay if you with that, you too. you two minutes to live, that's all he wants in the world. Yeah. Take I, your I, last I'm okay, shot. I'm okay with that, too. He wants to go out on a win. And it's and honestly, if that's what if that's what this show was, if this show was just he is so single minded, if you got rid of like the abuse storyline and it was just 
Eva Lynn realizing she's tied herself to a single-minded madman instead of like, well, he found me. I was a gutter snap and a gutter snipe and he 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 found me, but then he was abusive. Like, like you don't need all that. Just make it like this dude is so obsessed with He-Man. So this sort of like is just like, yeah, let's go back to him being obsessed with killing He-Man. But then He-Man's like, wait, what are you doing? Like, we only have a couple more minutes. And he's like, yeah, I know. I want to kill you. It's all about us. It's always been about us. And oh. then, and hmm. then, yes, like, yes. I, I, it, here's the thing. In this moment, after this line is delivered that I'm about to deliver, if, if a godlike entity lowered themselves to earth and said, Gina, I've chosen you as the representative of humanity. Do you want humanity to continue or do you want it to die in a fiery ball of flame and the gods to start anew? If I had just watched this line, I would have been like, yeah, fucking nuke us, dude. Uh, So Skeletor is screaming like it's always been the two of us. It's about the two of us. And He-Man turns to him and he says, it's not about us. And this is the most unsubtle way for guys who think they're liberal and woke to say, we know, we know the audience is going to want this show to be about He-Man and Skeletor, but really mm -hmm. it's about the women because yep. we're supportive men. We're just like Joss Whedon. We're really supportive of women and we're definitely yeah. not hiring actresses we want to fuck. Yeah, the and real so, Harvey Weinstein's so here giving is, opportunities to everyone. Yeah, so this is their moment of being like, oh, yeah, that'll really annoy the fanboys when we tell them the show isn't about He-Man and Skeletor like it was in the 80s when men weren't woke. The show is about the women. And then they even cut to Tila and, and Evelyn to really hammer home the fact that these guys think, and this is the writing equivalent of, but I'm a nice guy. The fact that this show actually is all about He-Man and Skeletor and the women's storylines are so poorly written and the only ones who look like they're having any fun are Skeletor and He-Man. Skeletor's having a blast, even uh, when he's dead. It shows that they have no idea what the fuck this show is. They have no idea yeah. what a satisfying storyline is for female characters, Yeah, but that they really think they did a good job. And there is yeah. nothing more furious because here's the thing. At this point in this show, I would have appreciated if they had just said, look, there was a She-Ra reboot made. Some people seem to really like it. Some fucking woke Robert Clark Chan seems to really like this. They love it. Reboot of She-Ra. They like it a lot. Entrapped as my jam. Come on. <laughs> so let's just make a show for the boys. Let's just have it be. Fucking all the nostalgia in your face. He-Man fighting Skeletor. Skeletor finally winning. And then the rest of the show is He-Man trying to do it. I would have respected that a lot more than a bunch of dudes sitting in a fucking room, patting themselves on the back because they they said, yeah, what about an abuse storyline? And what if, what if the, like, we've thrown a new character and, like, maybe she's gay and she's been on a journey with Tila, who's the new man at arms. Oh, we're such nice guys. We're going to get blowjobs for years because of this writing. And I hate it so much. And it's not just my booster speaking. 
<laughs> Interesting. Uh, I mean, I, also, if said- it really was all about the women, maybe you would have hired a few fucking women that weren't just low-level staff writers or mid-level writers who have no say in the fucking room. Maybe one of your EPs, or hell, even two, since there are five of them, maybe two of your EPs would have been fucking <laughs> women. Fuck you, yeah. man. I mean, here's the thing. Kevin Smith has a career that is basically just a uh, uh, local boy makes good. He's uh, he has an aesthetic that is just like, hey, what if, uh, you know, like me and a bunch of my friends palled around. And uh, in general, there's nothing offensive about that other than the fact that he is in a culture that is essentially that. And so the fact that, you know, like the fact that he's dialed down a little bit from you know a harvey weinstein or whatever means like okay yeah this is this is fine um so like it's 100 to be expected that that is what it is it's just him and a bunch of friends uh, uh probably in a room just talking about like how awesome uh he-man was yeah but uh, here's the thing that's not that's not this show like that no. like like and again like i've worked with kevin he is lovely he's nothing but like cool yeah, and respectful that's what I mean. like he's just like a nice guy yeah and like i genuinely think i don't know how much input he had i genuinely think he 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 actually does like mean well and that's why i'm saying i would have respected it more if it was just like a yeah what did people love about he-man like big dudes beating the shit out of each other like to me this is like if someone was like hey you know like those schwarzenegger movies that everyone loved like let's let's like put him on the back burner and really, really focus on these women. But also we don't want to hire any women writers who know how to do that. So we're going to really butcher it. Like just, if I'm going to a Schwarzenegger movie, like give me him pounding faces, give me like one sort of identical, vaguely ethnic brunette that could be in running man or could be in total recall. I don't know. They look the same to me. How dare you talk about Maria Conchito Alonso like that? (laughs) He is a treasure. And do you know? Do you know who the other one is? Isn't it? Sh- oh God, Meredith Baxter Bernie. I mean, it is not. I, I mean, almost if you go, if you go and look, there are like three Schwarzenegger movies where clearly yeah. his type was like, okay, maybe you're some sort of Italian, maybe you're Hispanic, you've got long curly brown hair. And here's the thing: I'm into it because as a as a girl, like as a as a vaguely Italian ethnic looking brown haired curly haired girl they were always like badasses like there is something to be said about hey this is gonna be big dudes pounding the shit out of each other and when we see maria conchita alonso she's gonna be holding her own but this is like if someone was like what if maria conchita alonso had her pee-pee touched by a bad man once and that has motivated her but then halfway through the movie she's like gonna be a bad girl and but in the end she's good again that's a real arc for a lady like just fucking give me teela coming in and pounding skulls too like i don't need all this extra shit and it it actively makes me mad that that so wait a minute so let me just ask the question then gina what does a good character arc for a a female lead strong character look like Yes, I'm taking notes for no uh, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Keep going. I mean, it, do you want me to use this as an example? Like, no, like, I mean, whatever. Just, just like one example. Give me a 30 second pitch on what a what it looks like done right. I mean, here's the thing. Like, if if you're, it depends on if they're like a main character or, or main character. Like, a, okay, like main character. Lead of the show. 
I mean, give me a main character who who like starts out as as like pretty strong, but you know, like realizes that maybe this isn't all there is to life. And that there that there's other things that they could be doing and that they were trying to be strong for the wrong reasons. And maybe we start to see cracks in the armor. And like, I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm doing one of my annual Buffy rewatches. And she's, she's very, she's very well written. And Joss Whedon has his issues and there are cringy lines like, does this dress make me look fat? Especially in the first season. But she's a complete person who's like on the surface, you know, sort of sort of someone who might be described as like a girly girl airhead who's really strong. But then you go down one more level and she's like she's like fucked up about the fact that she has to be strong the whole time. Okay. Uh, and so where does that arc take us at the end? Yeah. I mean, in this, like, honestly, if this was if this was. Evil Lynn is a badass sorceress and she has sort of based her like her identity around her job, which is mm-hmm. like being this evil sorceress okay. for who she thinks is going to ultimately be the most powerful man in the world. And she slowly realizes he's actually completely insane. And what does that say about her that she's she's made her whole personality around this She's Does, lost herself she's, in this she's, character she's been portraying. Exactly. And then that's like in in live action shows, that's when you sort of have them like go on benders. Like that's when they have a moment where they're like, well, fuck, am I, am I like doing drugs? Am I, am I sleeping around? Am I doing this? Am I changing careers? I don't know where I am. And then sort of in the end, they realize, okay, it was never about X. In this case, it was never about my job as the sorceress to this man. It was about the fact that I was enjoying what I was doing. I thought it was for a purpose and for a cause that just because it turned out to be a crazy guy doesn't mean I can't believe in something else. I don't have to go off the deep end. I could just shift my focus to something that I do believe in. And maybe that's me being the most powerful being on earth. I don't need to be someone second in command. I could do it myself. You know, Mm. you have a rom-com where it's like a a woman who realizes she can run the company. She's been essentially doing it the whole time uh, and and just needed the just needed sort of that push of free falling and panicking to do it. So you just described Evil Lynn's entire arc in Masters of the Universe Revelation where she finds out that she doesn't need to define herself by the man. She runs the whole company by herself and then tries to destroy the universe while going on a, a power bender. I think we have just hit the moment when we agree. Well-written show. <laughs> we skipped over a whole bunch Can of I, stuff. I, was, I have a whole lot of stuff. Thank you, Robert Clark. We skipped over a lot. Yeah, I, I thought that we were going to get out of this, and we are not. Do, can I just <laughs> power through a whole bunch of like lines, and then yeah, we can talk info about dump. it in a sec? Yeah, I'm going to info dump right because after the scene that I completely got wrong, and guys, when I go for it and miss, I'm willing to admit it. Thank you. Battle Cat goes over on Beastman in a very cheap way. It was lame. Uh, just a little kickflip over a cliff. Um, okay, here we go. That was, Lynn that is was fighting. A, uh, uh, yes, small package roll up oh out of nowhere. Which is, you also, know what? You're it totally sucks. Right. That, it sucks that no one 
no one mourns him. No, not a single character is like, wow, that guy was my coworker for 40 years. He always made a good <laughs> cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, honestly, why was Beastman still fighting? Everyone else had left and he doesn't really care about Cringer. I don't know. I, I just, don't know. Like, why do you fucking care? You know what? He cared too much. Got, you know, got it over his head. That's a character arc. That's two. Put it down. So <laughs> Lynn is fighting He-Man and Skeletor who have both been powered up. Lynn goes power cosmic and He-Man, because uh, He-Man got the sword back. She goes, I don't need the sword, bitches. And that's when Tila enters and Evelyn's like, yo, you're tied to the castle, dum-dum. And so she tries to fly away. And then there's Tila outside the castle being like, no, I'm not because I didn't do the dumb sorceress 800 years thing. Turn to glitter, you dum-dum. I use that word twice. See, it's easy to do. You use the same word twice in two sentences. <laughs> yeah, Gina, it's hard. It's hard. Okay. Hard. I, that's the separate conversation. Don't worry about that, everyone else. Uh, that's only for them. Um, Skeletor at that point turns traitor. We missed the whole part about the queen going on a bomber run. No, no one cares about that. a Ram Man bomb onto Skeletor. Oh, I do Ram, like Ram Man. Man. Ram Man shows up. Says hi because I don't know if he's even a has he appeared on the show yet? I, I think don't once, think so. Early he was on, always one maybe. of my favorites. I love Ram Man. So he goes out. He's basically in the cast. He's like, "Hey, my, we dropped the payload on Skeletor. We took him out for a brief second. I'm gonna go join the rest of the battle. Thanks, everybody. That's my time." And he just disappears off the episode. It was wild. A big dragon shows up, and He Man as he's having fun slashing everybody because there you get the good line where it's just like, "Where's there a safe place?" He goes behind me. And that was oh, really, really no, fun. You also missed the part where uh, he's flying through the air, smack on his mom's plane. Oh, yeah. uh, his well, mom first earlier uh, saved the king uh, with a strafing run uh, yep. because, you know, women are powerful. Um, and he's like, hey, mom, do you mind dropping me off at the ground? So, of course, just be home before dinner. And uh, I'm not even I'm not going to oh, do that shit. Cause yeah. The best moment and the moment nobody's brought up that it was cringe as fuck. And I can't believe I'm the one going to say it is when he man fights the dragon and he hits him with three slashes that literally form the letter H on the dragon's torso. Then a superimposed shot of his chest plate that has an H on it. And it was the oh, cheesiest thing even... I've ever seen. It was hokey as fuck did not even know did not even register go it. back and rewatch just no. for that moment you're gonna no. watch it and you're gonna no. hate yourself more no. it was it was not cool it was it was trying to be cool not cool and apparently i'm the only one who noticed it so there's my there's my heat back from the battle cat Beastman debacle uh, <laughs> um skeletor this is also crazy everyone's fighting on the battlefield death is happening literally lives at stake and then everybody stops because they hear skeletor slow clapping from behind some smoke so weird that was weird that was so weird also the slow um, clapping noise he's doing because he's wearing gauntlets so the sound just like the been. sound is very weird like like you're, it, it doesn't sound like clapping. It's it's sort of yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but like when they revealed that it's him clapping, I was like, what? <laughs> it was so dumb. Uh, 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 we we actually jumped ahead because there's uh, uh, there's more of Tila and uh, uh, Evelyn like talking and going at it, and like uh, here I'm showing you the vision. It turns out it's not actually uh, you know a nihilistic vision. It's a vision of hope. Blah blah blah. Um, but like uh, her whole thing is that she saw it all and I discovered there's no grand design. The universe has no master. No and gods. then just sort of leaves it like that as if like she needs a master to be happy. And again, we're sort of like uh, treading back into the same ground of like, uh, yeah, she's uh, the only reason she's mad is because she doesn't have a, uh, 
a strong man to, you know, guide her and put her in the kitchen. Um, and then they start fighting and, and fucking Tila puts her in a hammerlock. Like there's these <laughs> she puts her in a hammerlock and Evelyn starts laughing as did I, because if this sorceress battle ends in a goddamn hammerlock, I'm going home. <laughs> but it's just so she could be like, shh, shh, shh. It's so it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, that was yeah. exactly what it was. It, it exactly really what was. It was. And I was just like, yeah, are they really doing this? Love will set you free. It's not your fault that you were abused. Oh. Like, what is happening right now? It's magic. <laughs> I'm yeah, not playing she, that one either. She shows her, she shows her a beauty. She says, like, oh yeah, it's not this like wasteland. It's beautiful. It's and then Evelyn says, magic. And I was, I, oh. I gouged my own eyes out. I, I was as Oedipus after mm-hmm. fucking his mom. That is a appropriate response. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. I wanted to, I wanted to be blind. <laughs> yeah. Then, then they end up, you know, then they, Lynn turns good again and they say, ah, we're fine. It, well, I did not find it particularly satisfying. Um, that's fine. Uh, this is the point where He-Man then says it's not about us. Throws Skeletor literally into space, which I'll be honest, I did mark out for that just a little bit. Uh, uh, Tila and Lynn come back. They banish all the dead back to Subterranea, and Orko's like, "Time for me to go." Evil Lynn just holds out her hand and is like, "No, you're gonna stay, homeboy." And that's a character arc complete. Great writing. Third time, third character arc. We'll go ahead and put it down. Uh, and Orko, I'll call that four arcs. I'm taking it. Uh, at this point, we end the show. And Gina, we're going to get to your part where you're going to shine in a second. Talk to us about how much you love the writing. Because, uh, 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 but I got to do it, but I got to get there before you fall asleep. Uh, the, the new man at arms is Andra. Her name was Andra the whole time. I've now forgotten again now that I've said it. Uh, everybody hugs. Literally everybody who's left is just hugging each other. Uh, and Tila and Adam got a moment where like, we're cool and they're on the balcony and they're holding hands and they're just like, will they, won't they, uh, do I care? And then we get to Skeletor and this is the post-credit sequence that I thought was wild and fun and uh, surprising more than anything else. It's surprising. Cause in my head, I'm like, I know there's a second season coming of this. Where do you possibly hide? Where do you go from okay. here? They okay, destroyed wait. heaven. Because we're about yeah. to get to the 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 part that I have genuinely enjoyed. Gina, of, of take this. over. But okay, hold on. No, no, no. First. Oh, no. Dan, before, interrupt first. Before we get to the happy part. The <laughs> no, part no, because I have another complaint first. Bring it. So we already saw a cool lesbian hair half buzz cut Tila. That yes. when she finally accepted her her womanly uh, uh, powers, all of a sudden she was in a shampoo commercial. Uh, Evelyn, with her dope-ass abs, also has a spiky, white-haired haircut cool. that's similarly cool. But when she lets the love in, in the end, we see her with hair down to her asshole. Uh, so yet again, and here's the thing, this is a very, very subtle, I guess what you would call a microaggression. This is a very subtle thing. As someone who has had long hair my entire life, I love long hair. I think both Mm -hmm. of these ladies look great with long hair, but it is so fucked up that when each of them accepts their power or becomes nice they then each have long hair because it is a real subtle way of saying no one likes bitches with short hair. 
If they're if they're gonna be good, we gotta have long hair. If we're gonna be talking about subtle shots at uh, uh, non femininity, Andra, as we all well know from the ancient Greek Andros, is a prefix for man. Andra's name, the the manly woman who uh, is manning around with manly Tila. Her name is literally Man. But wasn't that, didn't Tila get that job at the very start of the, because I had the same thing too. I was like, I was like, you can change it to woman at arms. Like that's allowed. In fact, there is even like, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before in the movie, which I love the movie y'all. Like I, I am, I want to rewatch it. It's great. I, I like, that's a great example of like, you know, Courtney Cox is doing stuff. Tila is doing stuff. I'm not angry at the writing of that. Uh, there, there are women who don't make me angry. Uh, like at some point, you know, they're sort of in trouble and Tila grabs her dad's gun and, and shoots. And then he sort of like looks at her like, whoa. And she says, woman at arms. And it's just like a little tongue in cheek thing. And it's a really enjoyable moment. And in this, I was like, why don't, why, why, what do you have against calling her woman at arms? Like, why can't, why is it going to be man at arms? Is she okay with that? Like, this is weird. I mean, it's a job description. I mean, so that's all I got. There's nothing there. Yeah. I I mean, again, it's like, I, I, maybe they discussed it and said like, oh, it's offensive. It's like when you call, when you call a server, a waitress or a flight attendant. And it's like, no, it's just part of the. Go back to our conversation earlier, because just because you're on set as a best boy, you don't have to be male, but the job is still called best boy, (laughs) which why I know why it's called best boy. And it's honestly a, 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 a sexist. And uh, oh, what's the term? Uh, 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 oh Outdated. my gosh, why am I blanking the word? No, uh, when when the the father gets the son the job and the son gets their son the job. Nepotism. Nepotism. Thank you. I blanked on the word. I am old. Uh, uh, it was a nepotistic word because it was the usually like the gaffer's uh, son got the job, and that's why they were the best boy um, back in early Hollywood. Yeah. But you can be a lady and be and be best boy. Yeah, um, I so mean, you could be a lady and be man at arms. Yeah. And also all of that is is trash. And I'm going to recognize that. But uh, yeah. at least if it's it was, logical. I mean, here's the thing. If this was like taken on its own, I I would have just been like, oh, okay, whatever. I would have maybe even thought it was cool. They didn't change the title. Uh taken with everything else. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> it's <laughs> just death by a thousand cuts. To the point where I was surprised that I liked like the end of this. Let's talk about it. Let's get there. It's literally like if someone like the the best way I can describe it is if someone kept me in a basement for a month (laughs) and Uh the only food they fed me was their own shit. Wow. Uh, And then at the very end, they were like, here's a a plate of really good spaghetti. At that point, I would be like, fuck fuck you. Like, I don't want this spaghetti. But this is like if I ate some of the spaghetti and I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. I thought maybe eating shit would uh, turn me off of other food. But eating all the shit for this, I was surprised that I enjoyed this final scene. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. It sets up some really fun stuff. It will not pay off in a way that we will be happy with. No, 
but dog in, turds. in my perfect world, uh, this show ends and never comes back. And over time, my brain begins to heal from what Mm -hmm. it saw. And someone at some point 10 years from now says, did you ever watch He-Man, Master of the Universe, Revelation? And I say, oh, I don't, I didn't know that was a thing. I, if I did, I must have forgotten. And then someone says, you hosted a whole podcast about it. And I say, well, I don't remember it. See, Gina, now you're now you're feeling my future life, and you're feeling like maybe that's the way to go. You're saying I just need brain damage. That's all you need and is then, a little CTE then, working, and suddenly you'll forget basic things, and yeah. then get annoyed when you remember them wrong. I can just I can just not remember anything unpleasant. Yeah, but this was this was you know like like I said they they bring it home in the end. So I will give this episode credit. It started with. With Can we tell people the, why we haven't yeah, even I'm talked about the there. It started with a thing that I liked, uh, uh, which was Orko coming back in a cool way. It was cool. And then in the end, uh, if you're wondering what happened to Skeletor, he is now, first of all, really pissed off because if he couldn't, if he couldn't make it happen here when he had all the power in the universe, he knows he's never making it happen now. He's never, he, he, he had his chance. He shot his shot. He lost it. So he is with the cult of, uh, he's with Cyclops. Motherboard. Triclops and Motherboard. Triclops, this this cult of Motherboard, uh, who we saw many episodes ago. They're the ones who, when magic went away, they said, we no longer worship magic. We worship computers and technology. So they're the Robert Clark Chans of this world. Yep. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. And of course, it's like we think it's bullshit and they're weird Scientologists and they're yeah. like the computer. The weird thing about them entirely is every single time that they uh, go to record their podcast, their mic doesn't work. Different place <laughs> every time. It's the craziest thing about the cult yeah, of Motherboard. Uh, so Skeletor is just fucking raging out with these guys. And I guess they're sort of his last his last safe space that he can go to. Right. And he's 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 yelling, he's yelling at uh, Fox commentators now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, they're trying to put chips in me. They're trying to tell me to get vaccinated, but I know they just want to put chips in me. Uh, yeah. So he's he's just like, why didn't you guys do anything? You were here, like pulling on your dicks, worshiping your computer goddess, which totally isn't a thing, you weird Scientologist fucks. Uh, why didn't you help me? And they're basically like, well, our fu- our God, our God told us to what to do. It's not our fault. And Skeletor, like any rational person at this yep. point, would be would Let's turn to this giant fake statue, this false idol, if you will. Yep. And he says, Oh, you love your you love your computer god? Well, love her in pieces. And he takes his like fucking fire whip sword thing Mm -hmm. and just throws it at this statue and the statue stops it. The statue blocks it with its mind. And I went, whoa. Yeah. So it turns out these, these crazy, this crazy religious cult isn't all that crazy. And maybe, maybe there's something to it. And then the statue comes to life starts walking towards Skeletor in a very threatening way. And Skeletor, in a great voice performance, again, by Mark Hamill, is just like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And 
this thing, this this sort of like sexy computer lady. Okay, now who's being the Robert Clark Chan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this very fuckable robot uh, uh, extends her her claws. Her nails now turn into basically like computer cords that stab yeah. into Skeletor in a very cool way. And Sexy he starts HDMI to be, cables. He starts to be assimilated by the Borg. Like his Looking skin cool. starts to change. And again, he's like, no, but I'm sorry, but what is happening? And then you just see this robot lady's face sort of open up a little hole and show the insignia of motherfucking Hordak. Amazing. Amazing ending to it. Now, that ending, Tina, let's say it out loud. That ending makes you want to delve into season two of Masters of the Universe Revelation. Here is what I will say. This ending is a perfect example of what I was literally just saying. They should have just made this show. (laughs) because like there's no message to it there's no like oh my god what if we try to be woke but we're doing a really terrible job of it it's literally just like skeletor fucking thrashing around at his minions and being very skeletory screamy and then an even bigger bad being like boom you got borged and i and i'm into it and like, you know, now. for, for, I feel like everyone listening to this podcast knows who Hordak is, but he was, yeah. he was basically Skeletor's mentor who Skeletor pulled a Sith Lord on mm-hmm. and, and banished him to, to the Superman Wait, zone. I, I was not aware of that. Cause I, I know that he was. Uh, a character in uh She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah. Was so that main in, big in, in, She-Ra. in He-Man lore. He basically was was Skeletor's mentor until Ske- mm-hmm. until just like with the Sith, Skeletor became too power hungry and too powerful, and Skeletor overthrew him and and like banished him. Hordak managed to come back after a failed after a failed Skeletor attempt to take over Eternia, and when his guard was down, and mm-hmm. Hordak was like, "Bitch, now I'm taking over Eternia," and that's when he. When he became was basically a a Shira villain that that because he's also trying to take over the lands and Shira's stopping him. So yeah, he's the main Shira villain, but he's gen he's generally considered to be even stronger than than He Man, which you know that's a great example of like a, a, a feminist move in the eighties that I'm sure they didn't even realize was being like, Oh, he man, you got your little Skeletor. Oh yeah. Well, what about, what about Shira? Who she got? She got Hordak bitch. The one who trained Skeletor. So she's even stronger than you. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a cool, a cool moment where maybe they're going to be bringing Shira. Maybe, maybe. it's going to be just Hordak taking over shit, but I think they're going to bring in Shira. I'm sure it will not be done well it will be if they hire some <laughs> female writer who's very very familiar with both feminism and eighties cartoons i don't know where you'll find someone like that <laughs> who you someone who's hire. at least a mid-level writer so that they don't feel <laughs> like they can't speak up in the room for instance like maybe a first-time staff writer could uh someone who's like the perfect age that probably watched the cartoon but also watched and loved the movie uh and has worked in animation before. I don't know where you're going to find someone with all of those qualifications. I feel like someone of that age is too old and icky. 
like if you're if if a woman is is 30 no i'm sorry if a woman is like 26 <laughs> that's really too old and just gross so you guys yeah. you guys the perfect person is out there their name is uh, diane english she would be perfect <laughs> For this job. And if you're listening to me, and I know you are, Netflix's Masters of the Universe Revelation people, that's who you need to hire. But you're right, though, that like if if a woman is over 26, uh, she's either pooping out babies from her vagina Mm -hmm. or something's wrong with her. (laughs) So she doesn't have time to be on a show because she's probably got eight kids. And that's our show, everybody. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Revelation. Y'all didn't think we'd actually get through it. There were Uh, times I didn't think we would actually get through it. But we have gotten through it like one of those difficult poops. I, You know what? I'm genuinely, like, because I feel like I'm so, so angry that (laughs) even our most hardcore fans are going to listen to this episode and they're going to be like... I think I need to stop listening to knowing is half the podcast. There is too much angry Gina. Uh, <laughs> under under the fever of a booster shot, screaming about feminism on this show. Uh, but rest assured, I'm usually the voice of pleasantness on on other shows that we do. So stick with it. If this is your first if this, episode, if you chose this is your first episode, your and here's first the deal: episode. every episode is somebody's first episode. You might get a different idea of what this show is, but you're still not that far off. Just for the record, we just. <laughs> Do it a little differently. Look, usually Chan is the angry one. I, uh, Ray is the Ray is the dopey of the Snow White world. Why did I know that's what you were going to say? How... <laughs> I was trying to think of which stooge was the dumbest stooge. And then I was like, wait, they're all pretty dumb. Uh, and then I'm usually the, the, the voice of like, yeah, I like this. And here's why. <laughs> but, t- but today I was not. Today. I liked it. Whatever. I Ugh. thought it was, it, there were lots of here's the deal. There were lots of problems in this episode. More so, I think than a normal episode, which is crazy because to me this was just one fight after another, uh, after another, after another. And unlike some other fight scenes from part two of uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, uh, I did not think the fight scenes in this episode were particularly good. We saw many much better fight scenes earlier this uh, half season. Uh, so I felt like a lot of the fighting was a big letdown and the big Uber battle we were waiting on between Tila, Sorceress Tila and Evil Lynn at the height of her power was a talk fest. Uh, it was, it was, it was a little, it was a little bit of a letdown. But you, you know, still loved it because you really, really hate women. That is no, not it at all. How dare way. you? I'm no. a nostalgic fan of no, He-Man. No, this, this is, this is a real. First time you've heard the show, this is. This is Ray's hatred of women. Yeah, like, this is a real tell you. me you hate women without telling me you hate women moment. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you know, I'm a lot is going to ha- come out of this week's MR Ray episode. I'm going to say that right now is uh, that guy's going to have a lot to say about your opinions of this episode. It's all going to be about how women need to grow their hair well, long if they want to truly be powerful. <laughs> What's super funny about this to me is the fact that there were a lot of uh, uh, internet dum-dums and the, the usual types who panned this show, who gave it the bad reviews, uh, who said they're never going to watch it because it was too woke and they didn't want to watch themselves some woke He-Man. And our Gina's final uh, um, you know, estimation of this show upon watching it is the problem is that it was too woke, but by the wrong people. <laughs> 
Yeah, this so is, yeah. most people were correct in their assumption that it was too woke, but just for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it was too like, woke, this is and like they got someone, it wrong. It's like someone trying to do like a delicious, like deconstructed burger, but they are they don't know what it means to deconstruct something, and they've never <laughs> seen a burger. So here's some raw ground beef on a plate. Yeah, like if they were, if they just went in and were like, you know what, people like fucking burgers. We're gonna make a burger. Like I would be like, yeah, give me that burger, yo. But the second they were like, woo, we should do it like this. Does anyone know how to do this? No. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. It's a, what 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 if we all just you know showed up on Iron Chef and had to make seven restaurant quality dishes in a half hour? You know. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, we would, might have some good ideas. We're going to struggle with the execution. Yeah. This would be like, if I really thought I was a really good chef, which I, which I do not, uh, but you, you can, you make some good stuff. Uh, I, you know, please. No, I mean the past like year of my life has been Trader Joe's ready-made meals pretty much. Oh, uh, You're out of practice. So, it's over. So yeah. But if I was just like, Ooh, you know what? I'm real good at this thing that pro- I, and I know that there are professionals that do it, but I'm going to trust that I'm better than that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not doing something, knowing that professionals are better at it and still going ahead and doing it anyway. Gina, I feel personally attacked right <laughs> yeah. now. Here's the thing in, in a couple of months when I interviewed to be on, I'm going to say by that point of the, the way animation works season four of this show, <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask Ray and Chan to uh, put all of these episodes behind the paywall. We're going to put it behind the paywall. That's for sure. <laughs> Thankfully, Kevin Smith by that point won't be able to afford the Patreon, patreon.com <laughs> slash knowing is half the podcast. You can go there and get access to our super secret vault behind the paywall. We will pull some episodes out from time to time, but that probably means we're going to put a brand new episode behind the paywall where only the patrons can hear it for five bucks a month. And let's face it. That's nothing. That's now at this point, less than the cup of coffee. Do you know that a subway sub costs like goddamn 1250 now? Ugh. What the hell happened to this world? How come a we're, sub, not, how come we're not inflating with the rest of the world? <laughs> no, I just, I, I just, food is so expensive now and I don't yeah. want to be that guy on that show, but I remember $5 footlongs and I went into subway and they have a whole new menu and I'm like, I'll try out this monster pastrami sub with just basic, however it comes. And they're like, great. 1229. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck happened to this world? There's no more two become... Chuck anymore either. So, so the, oh, the moral of the story outrageous. is we're the only good deal anymore. We're the only, we are what you should spend your money on because we, we are, we are recession proof and inflation. -proof. We, we haven't raised our prices and we keep giving you more and more and more. <laughs> also, I, I don't know be, what to tell to you guys. Fair, anytime we accumulate, we're also terrible with money because anytime the we worst. accumulate any type of money what we, we do is away. end up buying you guys t-shirts that's correct <laughs> we don't actually pocket hardly any of this yeah, money whatsoever just, we get we our, our patreon subscribers a bunch of t-shirts okay what about pillowcases all right so don't we, forget about 40 dollars pillowcases we will give away we when don't know how money works <laughs> find out what i just spent 50 bucks on you are going to oh that's right uh, <laughs> shit your pants or shit someone else's pants. I don't know. It's dumb as hell. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's, it's, here's the deal. And even when we do buy things for ourselves, when we bought all those cool G.I. Joe glasses from the Adroit Brewing Company, oh, yeah. we gave almost all of them away. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We we, we, we don't do. know how money works. <laughs> uh, and you know what? That's fine. We're fine. We're doing fine. We just appreciate that you're there. And no, we're never going to raise our prices because we wouldn't know what to do with the extra three to four dollars anyway. So what's the point? We just appreciate that you guys are on there. And if you want to join us and be part of that club, uh, patreon.com slash no gets the podcast. Otherwise, go to facebook.com slash we're way over. Gina wanted to be done at nine. Yeah, and but, it's already but to be 10. fair, I was doing the 20 minutes of talking to convince you guys to watch the rehearsal on HBO. <laughs> Yeah, Nathan Fielder is a delight, so I probably will check it out now. That's all you had to say, those two words. Everything else you said in one or out the other, but you put that guy in it. Well, I, mean, I was selling Chan of- on it. He's a harder sell than you are. For you, I just have to throw a snack in front of a TV with the channel on, and then you go, snack, ooh, TV. To how, be how fair, did you, how did you that's know this also customers? how we get you to watch things, Gina. Yeah. That's fair point. That's true, but my attention wanders faster. <laughs> It's true. I, in order to get Gina to listen to my show, I'm going to plug <laughs> Claim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama. Go to Twitter at Vampire Detroit or VampireDetroit.com. August 2nd, the show will debut. So go if you could, it's on Apple Podcasts. I've checked it. It's on Google Podcasts now, Spotify, uh, Audible. It's in all the places, and that probably expands mm. out to even more like Podbean and shit. Uh, 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 go check it out, Reclaimed Detroit. If you just search those two words, Reclaimed Detroit. Uh, you will, you will pop up. You'll, you'll see it. It's a beautiful red logo with the statue. That's a vampire. Mm. You look close enough. That's a little Easter egg. I love it. And, uh, uh, check out the show. I think we're coming together really, really well. Uh, if you like vampire stuff, if you like audio dramas, if you think I might be kind of interesting in any way at all, check it out. Reclaim Detroit, uh, on your podcast dial, August 2nd, Tuesday. So it's going to come out very, very soon. Get excited for that. Uh, uh, God willing. And that's how I'm going to get Gina to listen to the show is I'm going to put like nine or 10 different cans of chef boy RD and yeah. I'm just going to keep popping the tops like every two minutes uh, yeah. just to get her like, Ooh, new, new thing to enjoy. Yeah. This is also how anyone can kidnap me because I am fully that's that correct. character in a cartoon. That's like, Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Oh, you're James just, Woods. Uh, yeah. I'm just, well, Oh God. Good Lord. Uh Oh, no, yeah, Ray got the reference, but but uh, because it's it was a I, I got it was a Family a Guy hard. bit where he's he's following Candy, but yeah, just just yeah, put different tiny bowls of spaghetti until I'm in your basement, and then you can take all the pictures of my feet that you want, you fucking sick fucks. God, that took a turn I was not expecting. No, and I'll be honest, I loved it. I loved that's it. Vaccine Gina talking. That's vaccine. <laughs> vaccine Gina's a little mean, Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> She's a little extra angry. <laughs> I mean, not that there's no reason for her to be angry in this world in the year 2022 to timestamp ourselves. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most of them have to do with <laughs> Masters of the Universe Revelation. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah, Look, no. there's 10 things in this world I cannot accept, and nine of them are Masters of the Universe <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> oh my gracious. Anyway, it is 10, it's 10 o'clock now, Gina. You wanted to be done an hour ago, so we're going to be done right now. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I've already given you the link, so you can check us out at on Twitter at GI Joe Podcast, but individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And I will say that the reason this show went long is because Gina had a lot to say. So don't come blaming us in the chat later, Gina Hippolito. I will. And it's my right as a strongly written woman character. She and does have long hair. So she does. And, and it's an appropriate way to end the arc in a powerful fashion. Only four others share this secret. Guardians of Grayskull all amidst an army of the honorable. 
committed to guarding Castle Grayskull from the havoc of destruction. For those who control Grayskull control the power. The power to be masters of the universe! At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on the Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh I was my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co-op partners.